What makes a classic sneaker? I'm gonna break down five criteria that are gonna help us define that this time on Fire Footwear. Welcome back to Fire Footwear, everybody. As always, this is your host, Matt Freights, and I hope that this finds you well. We have had a little bit of a surge in terms of subscribership on the YouTube channel. So if you are listening now and you are one of those people, I want to give you a heartfelt thank you from the bottom of my heart. I want to thank you for tuning in, and let's get into this episode. So classic sneakers. You hear this term thrown out a lot, and I think that what it comes down to in today's society anyway is that hyperbole is very common amongst the way that we speak about things. If you couple that with recency bias, especially when it comes to sneakers, you find that whenever this new release comes out, whenever there is a new collab that comes out, we tend to give it higher praise than it actually deserves. And I'm talking about compared to the entire pantheon of sneakers. For instance, we talked about the new Travis Scott silhouette last week. There was a true shock drop and now people are calling it the best Travis Scott that's ever been released. This is recency bias, this is also hyperbole. So we are dripping in both of these things as it relates to the sneaker game, and when you listen to sneaker content or you watch sneaker videos, you do hear this term thrown around quite a bit. That's a classic, this is a classic, oh, that's a classic, no, that one is, no, that one is. And I think what we have come to in terms of a way to define this is that I don't think that anybody really knows what that is. Now, I did hear the discussion recently about a grail versus a classic, and I do think that there is a line of delineation that needs to be drawn as it relates to a grail, which is something we talked about a few episodes back. That is really personal. It comes down to personal preference, and really it comes down to your personal journey in sneakers and what you feel is something that is almost unattainable for you. Not everybody has to agree that that is a grail for them, But when it comes to a classic, this is really defined by what I consider a majority of the community. So if you were to poll thousands of people and ask them if X colorway of X shoe is a classic, a majority of them would say yes, and therefore that would be considered one of the classics in sneaker culture. As we look back at sneaker culture, there's more than 40 years of sneaker culture. I think what we tend to do, and I'm guilty of this too, is only look back at the period since the Air Jordan 1 debuted, but there have been shoes well beyond that in terms of the past. And so what I wanted to do was take a look at this and give you some criteria. So if you go to Oxford Dictionary or whatever your dictionary of choice is, classic is defined as being judged over a period of time to be high quality or outstanding of its kind. And I think that that's important as we look at this criteria, because when I look at a classic, I tend to look at it a little bit differently than I think a lot of people do, because while something in the moment may draw my attention or may be something that I think is amazing now, the question of it standing the test of time, I think, needs to be discussed. So let's get into this criteria. So there are five, as I mentioned, and the first one is age. What do I mean? Well, I think that a shoe has to have been around for a certain period of time, because for something to be a classic, it can't just be something we saw right just now. We don't know whether it has staying power, which is gonna speak to some of the other criteria that I have in this list. But as it relates to age, it has to have been released or out long enough for people to have had an opportunity to wear it, for people to have had an opportunity to see it wear, and to compare it to other things that have come out within that space. So if you take a rudimentary approach to it, I think at a minimum, 
the shoe or the colorway has to be at least 10 years old. Some people are gonna balk at that, but hear me out, because if you've only been in the culture for a couple of years, you may not have the prism by which to look through and compare a shoe that you see right just now that is super, super hype and compare it to other shoes that have come before it. For people that have been in the culture at least 10 years, if not longer, preferably for me, it would be 15 years, I think that they're able to better judge this. And I think that age is a critical element to this. So for me, 10 to 15 years at a minimum, a shoe has had to have been out. That's 2014, that's not really that long ago, or at least it doesn't feel that long ago, and that's even 2009. There've been a lot of shoes that have come out since then, so we still have a lot by which we can judge what a classic is. Moving on to the next criteria, hype. And I know that hype is kinda one of those words in the sneaker game that people feel a certain way about, it's polarizing, you either love it or you hate it. But when I think of hype in terms of this context, it has to have had at least two defined periods of hype. Because when something is brand new, there is inherently going to be some initial hype about it. But that doesn't necessarily define whether it's a classic or not. Because again, coupled with age, it has to have had a period by which it can have another resurgence in terms of hype. And there are many examples of this over time. I'm not gonna give any of them because the point of this episode is not to name classics, but it's to give criteria by which you can think of classics. So hype, there had to have been multiple periods of it. And I think what it comes down to is that multiple generations or multiple groups of people have had a chance to consider it hype. Because again, with age comes different people, different perspectives. And therefore, if it is hyped twice within a given period in a 10 or 15 year period, that to me means that it has some staying power. And that leads to number three, which is timeless. A lot of times when people use the word classic, I think what they mean is that something is timeless. And I'll give you a good example. My wife has a very specific style of dressing, at least she did when I met her. Now we are married with kids, so that's a little bit different. Sometimes we're just trying to survive and all you parents out there, I'm sure can commiserate with that. But when I met her, she had a very specific look. She shopped at very specific stores and I couldn't quite put my finger on what that was. And one day I asked her best friend how she would describe my wife's dressing. And she said she has a very classic look. And when I thought about it, it's a look that is timeless. It means that if you go back into the decades, it has stood the test of time. People were dressing like that 50 years ago, and today it has been updated to looking even better, if not just as good as when they first were wearing it. And it has had different timestamps over the past decades to which it has been considered timeless. And that means for shoes, it has continued to be sold across multiple generations. I do believe that multiple generations having been a part of this is very important because again, with multiple generations comes different perspectives, different financial situations. The sneaker game continues to evolve. And so if it has a timeless feel to it, that means that multiple generations are gonna have signed off on it. And that doesn't mean it has to be hype. It just means that it has to be continued to be sold. And even in the 40 years since Jordan brand has been doing its thing, Nike has a lot of silhouettes that we can point to and say that's a classic and timeless silhouette because it's still being worn today and has been sold over the past 40 years. Another criteria that I think is important, and I think that it's not one of those that's intuitive, but as I was thinking about this, it really made a lot of sense. Has the shoe been imitated or faked? And those are two different things. So when I think of imitated, I think of something like this. The Air Force One has been around for a while, obviously, and Bape is obviously known for their signature silhouette, which looks very, very similar to an Air Force One low. That to me is being imitated. Customs being designed after it, or somebody taking a silhouette and making something that looks very similar to it. 
We all made fun of Steve Madden when they came out with what was their signature shoe that they said was their own design, and it really was a Jordan 1 Chicago. That is being imitated. It's not a custom. It's just another company taking something that has been white hot at some point and trying to put their own stamp on it. Even Nike does this within their own shoe line. When the 10 series came out and was a massive hit, how many shoes have we seen come out that have kind of looked like it could be an off-white shoe? I think even a couple of weeks ago, the release of the week was those ivory Jordan 3s, and I said that if they put a hang tag on them, they would have been selling like hotcakes because they would have been seen as an off-white release. They looked exactly like it. To me, that's imitated. And faked. What I say all the time about the rep market is that you can tell when something is hype or something is very popular when it is being repped at a high clip. And there are a lot of silhouettes. The Air Max 1 is actually one of them that doesn't get repped a lot. There are not a lot of quality fakes out there. And that, to me, tells me that it is not worthy of being faked and not worthy of being hyped by the people that are buying reps in that moment. And so I think that if a shoe has both of these or one of these going for it, I think that that means that it has some semblance of timelessness. And I think that that means that it can be considered a classic. And last but not least, and I think this one might be the most controversial of all, but if the shoe has been retroed, remastered, or collabed. Obviously, retroed has a lot to do with older shoes. Now today, a lot more shoes are getting retroed, and so that comes down to business. These companies wanna make more money. How do they do that? They saturate the market with shoes that they can try to find these little niches in the economy that people will buy it for nostalgia purposes or whatever it is. Remastered, I think about the reimagined Jordan 4s that just came out. A lot of people said that they weren't really a reimagination, but more a remastering because they're using different materials. And I thought that that was very apropos. Collaborations are huge nowadays. Obviously, every artist, every rapper, every celebrity wants a collaboration with Jordan Brand or Adidas or whoever. And so if a silhouette has had a period where it's been collabed multiple times and continues to be collabed, to me, that speaks to how classic it actually is. And so I think you can look at all of those things and put them together. And so those are five criteria that I think kind of all have to be met for a shoe to be considered classic. You may be thinking that that's extremely limited, but if you think about all the shoes that have come out just in the last 40 years, and then you add on shoes that have been around 50, 60, 70, 80 years, there are a lot of shoes that we can consider with this criteria. And honestly, a lot of shoes that are going to pass this filter. I think the reason why I wanted to talk about this is because I hear far too often that every single shoe is a classic now. And I don't think that that is something that we need to continue to do. I think we need to continue to keep silhouettes, to keep colorways sacred. And I think by allowing this criteria to be a part of sneaker culture, we may be able to have objective decisions or objective conversations about this. And I think that that's very, very important. What do you think is a classic? I would love to know. Get in touch with the show, and I'll give you the ways to do that later. But before we get to the end, let's get to the release of the week. Release of the week. Release of the week, folks, where I like to give you a silhouette that has caught my eye. It's not always hype. Rarely is it. It's just something that has caught my eye, and I want you to know about it. So in the spirit of this episode, I have found not one, but two criteria that I think are very important as it relates to what we're talking about with classic sneakers. And the release of the week this week is the Bodega Saucony Grid Shadow 2 Jaunt Woven. Bodega, in my opinion, and I was just telling a bunch of people this, is one of the most underrated boutiques as it relates to collaborations. 
and the Saucony Grid is having a moment with JTIPS last year. Bodega's now getting their hands in on the pie. We are gonna see more and more collaborations with the Saucony Grid Shadow 2, and I think that that's why it's worthy of your attention here. It releases on February 23rd for $140. There are a lot of different materials on it. It's a very, very mute colorway, but I think it is worthy of your attention because I think that it is a very classic looking sneaker. And I think 10 or 15 years from now, we are gonna be talking about this as one of the classics of all time. So what do you think about classic shoes? And what are your criteria for how you define classic shoes? Get in touch with the show at Fire Footwear Pod on Instagram is the handle to do that. Find the show on TikTok at Fire Footwear Pod. On Facebook, Fire Footwear, a sneaker podcast is what you would search. If you're listening in audio and you want to watch on YouTube, search Fire Footwear, a sneaker podcast on YouTube. Don't forget to hit like and subscribe. We are very close to that 1,000 subscriber mark. So thank you to everybody for that. And of course, support the Matty Ice Media Network, mattyicemedia.com for all the other podcasts that we have, including Iceman and Coach and Political Football. I hope this finds everybody well. I hope this finds everybody safe. And I'll talk to you next week. This is Fire Footwear. Opinions and viewpoints expressed on Fire Footwear are those of Matt Freights and his guests and not necessarily those of the Matty Ice Media Network. Fire Footwear is exclusively owned by Matt Freights and is brought to you by the Matty Ice Media Network.